Bidzy Small Business Society number 175. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. I'm Rob Beresoff. We talk to entrepreneurs and small business owners about what it takes to succeed as a small business owner. Connect with Bidzy Small Business Society at bidzy.com and grow your business. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers post projects for free in any of over 100 categories, including all types of home renovation, landscaping, cleaning services, photography, and many, many more. Now, if you're a business, Bidzy.com is a great way to find new customers because you are automatically notified each time a customer posts a project in your subscribed categories. So for example, let's say you own a roofing company and a customer posts a project in our roofing category. You are automatically notified via email or text and you can submit a bid at bidzy.com or use our internal chat system to introduce yourself to the customer and give them reasons why they should use you to complete their project. Monthly subscriptions start at $14.99. That's $14.99 per month for unlimited access to new customers and unlimited bidding at bidzy.com. Email rob at bidzy.com for more details or start your 30-day free trial now at bidzy.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bidzy Small Business Society. Today, I am joined by Dan R. Morris. Dan is the founder of Audience Industries, which runs Blogging Concentrated, the Amplify Podcast, and FindingJoy.net. Dan began working in the online space back in 2004 and has since become the largest global training and development company for bloggers, vloggers, and podcasters. I've merely scratched the surface here, and I'm excited to dig in. But first, big welcome, Dan. Can you first tell us more about yourself than about what projects you're working on today? Dude, I appreciate you having me. I'm a... What projects am I working on? I, I would say the biggest project we have going right now is we are uh, we are pivoting. We're trying to take our eight-hour uh, workshop that we do worldwide uh, and turn it into a three-hour performance that we do at performing arts centers across the country. So this is blogging concentrator, right? What exactly is this, Dan? So for the most part, um, we travel the world we have eight different curriculum that we use and we teach bloggers who are making some money uh how to turn what they're doing into a career like how do you figure out how you're making money what are the what is what's actually happening and then how do we make more money and if it's on accident why did it accidentally happen and how do we you know make that real so we have uh eight like i said about eight different curriculum we do uh one Per day, it's kind of an eight-hour day. Uh, unlike a normal, like a blogging conference, we don't really do a lot of networking or swag or connections to brands. We we really just work on the business side. Um, and I guess over the last three or four years, we've probably done a uh, hundred different events all over the world. You know, a couple and couple times we've toured New Zealand and uh, and the United States, Canada. We, we've been quite a few places. Um, so we have decided. That with our Amplify podcast, which is really social media blogging and tech news, like things that matter, they're going to change our world. Uh, we've decided to kind of combine the two and turn them into uh, performance art, which we've never actually really done before. 
Awesome. Yeah. Tell us more about the Amplify podcast and what you're trying to achieve with that, Dan. So everything that we have done, um, one of the tenets that we teach is always be rolling the snowball, um, making sure that anything that you do, you really think about, is this going to matter in 10 minutes, in 10 hours, in 10 weeks, in 10 years? And if it doesn't, then you know, let's just not do it. Let's figure out something else to do. So one of those things is how, how do we grow our audience? And we decided that, that, a, that a podcast could be a great way to reach people we couldn't have reached otherwise through any of our other means. Um, so we really started it out as, uh, as a way to grow the audience and ultimately grow the audience in a way where we can be seen as the experts in blogging, social media, and tech in terms of what's going on, what's coming, where is the world headed uh, because, you know, I don't really want you spending a bunch of time trying to grow your MySpace page. <laughs> so so we, we use that as the filter. Like if you follow that and you like what we have to say there, you're, you're probably a good candidate uh, to, to, you know, to be a fan or come to a blogging concentrated event. Yeah, so I mean your podcast is pretty highly rated too. So besides having that expert status, what is it about podcasting, that specific medium that appeals to you and your audience, Dan? For us, my business partner, Rachel, is in Minnesota, uh, and I'm in Tennessee. So, um, you know, that's 900 miles. The, the opportunity to work together and collaborate on, because we, we co-host the podcast, um, in a fashion that doesn't necessarily involve video means that we can produce it more regularly. And we can produce content together. That you know, like a like a blog post or a video would be harder to do distance wise. So, for our business, our structure, how how we're designed and what we're trying to do, a podcast kind of met all of the requirements uh, in a way that we knew we wouldn't stop. You know, a lot of people just start stuff and then they stop it because they don't they can't figure out how how is it going to work. Um, so for us, logistically, it was the best medium to deliver our content given our parameters. Yep, awesome. Now, it sounds like you talk uh, in your message a lot about capitalizing on momentum, and you're doing that and obviously engaging with your audience, and I want to jump into that a little bit later, but take us back down. What was happening around you that you saw as an opportunity to really build a business that helps others with their businesses? The business idea was not mine. It was born by others, Um, and that was... I used to be in the infomercial world where I helped drive traffic from an infomercial to the web and then get it to convert. And at some point in time in that process, you know, you know I worked with Guthy Renker and some other companies helping them to convert better. Um, part of that process was somebody invited me to a blogging conference to speak. And a couple months later, uh, a blogger emailed me back and said, hey, Doing what you asked us to do, my husband was able to quit his job. We're making more money. So for me, that was the moment in time where I realized, well, shoot, this is a much better path than helping a big company, you know, increase their sales by five percent. Like, like teaching bloggers how to do this. I mean, that could actually change lives. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I was pretty excited about that, and then um, I didn't act on it immediately, but. I did have some blogging groups, and I spoke at some more conferences. I just applied to see if I could speak. And I had some organized blogging groups hire me to come speak for the day at like a 
they, they had a retreat just with themselves and they paid me to come speak. And I realized, well, this is, this is a good deal here. I should do more of this. But I couldn't figure out how, how do I get more people to hire me to do that? And then it dawned on me that, wait, I should just come up with the venue and the day and invite them to come see me. Like that, I could actually control. I can't really control the other method. So that is how the, the idea was born is we're just going to go to different cities that other people don't go to. You know, like Boise and Schenectady and even Vancouver, which is huge, but not a lot of, you know, blogging groups go to Vancouver. Um, we just decided, you know what, let's do that. We'll we'll just go meet the people where they are. Now, that evolved a little bit when I saw Kevin Hart, who's like the, you know, the comedian du jour at the moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, he yeah. spoke at uh, uh, Madison Square Gardens. He, he, he sold out two nights at Madison Square Gardens. And he had like a HBO special or something. So at the end of it, at the end of the evening, he came out kind of like rock stars with the, you know, with the encore. He came out after, you know, the show was over and people were still clapping, like, you know, yelling his name. And you could see for just a moment in time that he was looking out at the crowd, like taking in the idea that this just happened. He just sold out Madison Square Garden. And with a little tear in his eyes, he said, you know what? I'm the second comedian to ever sell out Madison Square Garden. This has been my dream my entire life. And Rachel and I looked at each other and said, wait a second. That guy's playing gigs just like us. What did he do differently that we're not doing? And we realized at that moment that he was not like renting a conference room in a hotel and inviting people to come here and do comedy. He was doing comedy clubs. A comedy club is a place that already has an audience. You know, they already have traffic. They have uh, they have a means to reach people. So uh, we kind of pivoted in the year two to doing add-ons. Uh, workshops at bigger conferences, social media workshops, where people were already coming to the event. We could, we could do less uh, marketing, uh, make yeah, a certain money. percentage of those people. It's a built-in audience, so to speak. Exactly. So we yep. started to piggyback, and we thought, you know, from a rolling the snowball standpoint, and in what we teach, that was a much smarter way to do it because we could spend half as much time the marketing and more time developing programs. Yeah. Great story, man. Love all that stuff. Now, you're enjoying some success with that, Dan, but I'm sure it wasn't always that way. Take us back to your biggest challenge in business or otherwise, but what really sticks out in your mind is your biggest challenge, and we're looking for some actionable steps that you took to really embrace and overcome that challenge. Well, I would say that that you know getting butts in seats is a challenge, and it's a challenge for everyone. It's the same it's the same problem everyone has. Like, how do you get people to your website? How do you get people to your podcast? Sure, figurative you, or literal, right? Butts and seats. Yeah, yeah. How do you get people to drive across Chicago to come to your event? You know, it's it's all that. Um, and for us, it, you know, in, in no matter in no matter what niche we're talking to, that particular problem is always met with uh, people saying that their audience doesn't have enough money or enough time, you know, or something like that. Um, and we realize that's never the case. So in trying to figure out how do we get more butts in seats uh, and how do we help our clients get more people to their websites, it became exceedingly clear that the real problem is the value proposition. That's the problem. It's not that people don't have time or they don't have money because, you know, if your daughter comes down with some crazy disease, like, you're out there doing car washes to raise money for that. 
So, you know, it's always, is it important? So I, I would say if you, like us, are faced with the the task of how do I get more people to buy my stuff? How do I get more people to my events? How do I get more people to my website? It really comes down to the value. People, people will trade $5.50 for a Starbucks coffee because for some reason they value that. <laughs> and then they tell you they can't afford your $2.99 ebook. You know, that's just not true. So I would challenge you, like really challenge you to figure out what value am I actually bringing to the audience that they would, that if they didn't get what I had, they would totally miss out or they would lose or they wouldn't make enough money or they wouldn't be as smart. I mean, we had to change our curriculum a couple of times because we realized that some of the, the benefits that we were talking about that we were going to teach just weren't there. Like you could get them for free on the internet. You could find any ebook or any podcast about these topics. So I, I really want you to think about your value proposition and then, you know, when you're talking to people in the world about what you do. And maybe you have to go back to what Simon Sinek has said all along, which is starting with the why. Um, and some people don't even really grasp what that actually means. But I, I will tell you, as far as an action step, I would say that whenever you're going to tell somebody what your business is, start with the words I believe and then like fill in that phrase and then end it with that's why I run this website or that's why I do this podcast. And once you once people get your what value you're bringing to the table, like money no longer becomes a part or you know driving across Chicago no longer becomes necessarily a, a problem. It's all it's all about how you position yourself in the in the minds and the, the value of the reader. Awesome, man. Yeah, that's great stuff. Um, and I think just if somebody's saying no to you, it's just another objection to handle. It's uh, just another opportunity for you to explain things the right way and get them to kind of uh, see your way of thinking in a certain way. Is that right, Dan? I, I don't really think there's ever a no that is important. So it, like the idea of no, I don't have the money, that, that's not true. That's no, that's that really, they're saying, no, I have enough money, but I'm not going to spend it on that, which is fine, <laughs> totally fine, because you and I both aren't going to spend our money on some things. Like, I'm not going to buy a $170 pair of shoes. Like, that's just the value is not there for me. So, but that doesn't mean the $170 pair of shoes aren't worth it. They're just not worth it to me. So, you, there really aren't any no's. I don't have enough time. That's not true either. You're just saying, I'd rather use my time to do something else. Um, all you have to do is figure out what is it that your audience cares about and provide them that. And if you don't know that, then you really have to go back to audience building 101 anyway because you don't really understand what your audience needs. Yep. Awesome, Matt. So let's get into it. Let's get directly in your wheelhouse. Tell us what's been most effective for you and your team in engaging with and growing your audience. Uh, filters. Filters are the number one thing to growing the audience. Um, and I hate Saying that right off the bat because people don't exactly know what that means. But <laughs> I was going to uh, say, yeah, can you expand a bit? Yeah, <laughs> but like Billy Graham is a in the United States. He was a he was the pastor to the presidents. Um, he's always been Christian. He has a Christian message. Um, but if he decided at any point in time that he was no longer going to going to mention Jesus, then he might end up getting a following that is a big fan of his motivational speaking style. But, but that's not his audience. His audience should be Christians. So his filter needs to be mentioning Christianity and Jesus and all the other things, you know, whenever he speaks, which is what he does. You know, Howard Stern 
is a shock jock in the United States. Um, and he's on the radio and, and, and serious radio and he, he'll undress women and describe the parts on the radio and he'll use profanity and all this other stuff. And in, because of that, like eight out of every 10 people that turn into his, to his station, turn off, you know, they, they go away. But the other two people that stay have turned into 50 million people over the last 23 years because he hasn't ever muddled the filter. The filter is this is who I am. This is what I stand for. Like, don't let, I mean, if your filter isn't there, if you go to your Twitter page and it says, I love red horses, my husband's in the military, and I also blog, like, <laughs> where is the filter there? How does somebody know why they should follow you? It, it should say, I scour the world for the best fashion designs for women over 40. Like, if that's your thing, then you need to make sure that every place that you exist on this planet, that filter is in front of you. So I know immediately whether I should follow you or not. Because you know, you only have a couple seconds on Twitter when somebody sees your profile to decide whether or not they're going to follow you. And if it says you like pink and horses and you know your husband's in the military, you're like, where – how do you ever grow a business like unless you get the right people in your audience? Now, a lot of people will talk about the concept of being authentic, but I think even that idea rubs people the wrong way because they immediately think to themselves, I am authentic. I am myself online. I'm not like pretending to be someone else. But but that's not really what authentic means. Authentic is the relationship that exists between you and your audience. If you give a $25 Amazon gift card away on Facebook and you grow your page by 50,000 fans because of that, there is no authentic relationship between you and them. They're not necessarily runners. You know, they're not necessarily quilters or whatever it is that you do. Like everything that you do has to, you know, has to filter out the people who don't belong there because you can't pay more for an email list that's useless. And when Facebook sees your, that you have 50,000 fans and eight people, you know, engaged it knows immediately that this page is not you know is not of value it's not to be shown to other people because they're in the business of keeping people on facebook so you at every point in time audience building must involve the filter uh cubscoutideas.com a web scout for young cub scouts she will give away an, an ebook on how to design a better pinewood derby car this is a car that only cub scouts build like nobody else wants this ebook. So when she gives it away, you have to put your name and email in. You have to go click subscribe. You know, you have to go do all those things in order to be on the list. Only the people who really are Cub Scouts are going to be on the list. It is a perfect filter, a perfect hedge. So think through your crazy mashable style headlines and make sure that, you know, your seven reasons to never eat a banana again are really a good filter for who you need in your audience because you just can't take everyone. Otherwise, nobody engages in the end. Man, this is great advice. And the only narrative I can come up with here, Dan, is that you can't be everything to everyone, right? Y you shouldn't be because there's somebody else who does it better anyway. And you should be working with them as a JV. Love it, man. Now, let's have a little bit of fun. Next question. What rewards do you take away from entrepreneurship? Why is it so great to be Dan R. Morris? Dude, I hate to be a downer on this question, <laughs> but I got to tell you, I have thought a lot lately about when I was growing up and my dad would spend hours playing basketball with us in the driveway every day after school. I, I remember those days vividly. 
And I remembered he would get home from his military job and he would take off his uniform and he would put on his shirt, shorts and he would come outside with the Coke or whatever and we would play basketball and he would never think about work. Like he would never take a call. He'd never go on to work on something. And I got to say, there are some definite benefits to being a, a, you know, an employee. And that I'm, I'm seeing is one of them as I grow older and I have my own kids. Um, and I wish that I could spend that much time. I will say that as we progress in our business and we add, you know, we get some margin, which means um, we, we have some space from which to work. The entrepreneurship pathway becomes easier. It becomes more palatable um, as a dad because working all the time, you know, working 90 hours so you don't have to work 40, uh, you know, that's, that's rough, you know, when you have the kids. So I, I will say that the, the greatest thing that we have been working on is margin, is figuring out the content, for instance, ahead of time so that we can pre-sell the content now that's coming next month so that we can move the audience that, that sees us in November to December and we can move December to January. So every month we're not fighting for a thousand people, but instead we have 200 from last month. So now we're only fighting for 800, you know, and then we have 400 from the last two months. So now we're only fighting for 600 and you finally have an opportunity to step back and live in the passive income life that people team seem to sell, even though passive income is, you know, is very difficult to achieve until you really focus on, on margin and we've been uh, we've really been working on that, you know, as much as possible. Is how can we get margin here? How can we, you know, sell more units passively of this thing that we actively built, so that we don't have to work as hard next month? Because the biggest problem I think with entrepreneurship is that, um, at least for me, is that I don't get to spend the kind of time that my dad got to spend with me. And um, I would say that that is first and foremost what what we are working on is getting to the point where we can have Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week, which I, I don't exactly understand yet, but I'm getting there. Yep, absolutely. And I think the word passive is becoming a little bit of a buzzword. This is not passive. And when you're talking about margin, I think you're, you're talking about time freedom mostly is what you're saying, Dan, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Now, I'm going to be jumping around here a little bit. Forgive me for that towards the end here. But in your opinion, Dan, what will be the dominant social media platform in 12 to 24 months from now? Uh, I think that you're going to see an incredible uh, amount of virtual reality hitting the, the stage. It is it's coming on like a madman. I think Facebook definitely overpaid for Oculus Rift, uh, and they know it, but they didn't overpay in the sense that they know where the audience is going. Um, I, I think right now VR is kind of a, kind of a blip, but there are going to be social media sites you know developed around the concept on amplify we have talked recently about and this doesn't exist yet but i i think there's going to be a day when you talk to people about traveling and somebody in your group is going to say something like i actually went to the eiffel tower because most people will have gone there virtual you know through virtual reality and and it feels like you're totally there and the idea that you would actually have gone to a place will be something that will, you know, that will be a real thing at one point in time. Because otherwise, you'll be able to go, you know, under the ocean and look at coral reef without re leaving your living room. And I think at some point in time that, and I don't think it's too far away, that is going to become 
uh, a social media world. You know, YouTube's already has a whole section dedicated to it. And my 12-year-old recently had a VR field trip at his elementary school. And now uh, Verizon is giving away headsets when you uh, when you sign up. So I think that if you aren't prepared for that, uh, you aren't prepared for that shift and how you can be part of that world, uh, I think that you'll be a little bit behind. And just like everything else, that is going to grow exponentially once it catches on, right? It is because once I mean once you put those that headset on, and I and I would suggest your your listeners that to get a to go to Amazon and buying a Google Cardboard for your kids for Christmas. That is a $10 gift that will pay off all year. They put their smartphone in there, and they have virtual reality headset that's just unbelievable. Yep. Now, you mentioned Tim Ferriss and uh, the four-hour work week. I just finished the audio book last week for the second time around. Uh, but are there any other influencers that you follow online or otherwise for your own motivation and inspiration there, Dan? Um, I really try to pe- follow people outside of our world. I think that plenty of us you know, get motivation from Vaynerchuk and those guys. But um, like William Langweish, he wrote this book called Unbuilding the World Trade Center about the two guys in New York City that worked for the sidewalk department that were in charge of dismantling the World Trade Center disaster of of 9-11. And it's all about project management and, and how they did it, how they went about, you know, deciding what went first and using Gantt charts. And, you know, I, I love f- seeing... I, our industry through the lens of somebody else's um, uh, viewpoint. So I, I really try to stay out. I, I really like um, Tom Jackson. He writes unbelievable books about uh, marketing for the music industry. Uh, they're just, just, just fantastic information that we don't typically see in our world and we don't really think about. Even the idea, Tom Jackson's big thing is he teaches bands how to create moments on stage moments that resonate with an audience where they want to go home and download that song that they were part of like learning that and understanding that concept how you would do that on a blog or a podcast or a video i mean those are great things to just think to really think outside and figure out how do i how do i recreate that for my people yep obviously going to be some parallels in your business and your life obviously now dan do you love to win or hate to lose and why um do i <laughs> That's funny. Um, I used to play basketball, like I said, all the time. And they were, and I love to win. I mean, that's the whole goal. And then sometimes sometimes I would lose. Now, losing really sucks because that usually means you made a mistake or you didn't pay attention. But what I didn't mind is I never minded being beat. If somebody was better, faster, stronger that day, had a better game plan on, and no matter what I did, I couldn't. I didn't make a mistake and I couldn't defend, but but they still won. I, I didn't mind that because you you typically learn something and you get better. Um, but but I I do hate losing. I mean that typically means you were not on top of your game. I'd much rather be beat by someone smarter or better than screw something up and lose it on my own accord. <laughs> Give us something actionable. What do you do to wind down after a long or stressful day? I usually close the computer and then go to sleep. Like it is a direct. The day is over and it's time to rest. But I, I don't, I don't typically do wind down things. Um, you know, in the evening, I try to put stuff away to hang with the kids. You know, do do fun stuff with them. But once the kids are in bed, it's time to ramp back up, trying to get it going again. See how much I can accomplish before before uh, the one a.m. hour hits and it is time to sleep. I don't, I don't typically have any period between sleep and stress. 
Now boil this thing down for us. What is the one thing you wanna share with our listeners about creating good content that will resonate with their audience? I would say that you have to rethink your business because your products and your services are not in fact what you do. Whether anyone has ever told you this before or not, you are in the process of building an audience. And the products that you sell and the services that you deliver are the filters by which who belongs in that audience. Somebody who buys your book has definitely decided that that particular topic uh, resonates with them to the point they can spend some of their hard-earned money for it that makes a better audience. Uh, somebody who grabs your free ebook that has a very defined title that dictates who they are, that becomes your audience. If you rethink what you do instead of delivering products and services to audience building, then that opens up a world of what else can I deliver to this audience, whether that's affiliate products or what concerts could I, you know, could I send them to on Ticketmaster and make a percentage through that? What can I do to enhance their lives that may be outside of my wheelhouse, but I know that they need it? Um, if you get in the mindset of let me build an audience who loves this particular thing and let me be the person to solve all their problems in and around that thing, then no longer does the products become important. It's the audience, and the products just define who's in that audience and at the end of the day. Awesome, man. Yeah, and the tools or resources are out there uh, with this new internet thing, man. I think anyone could do it. Now, if people want to learn more about Blogging Concentrated, your business, about you, about your Amplify podcast, where can they find you, Dan? Well, I would say definitely check out the Amplify social media blogging and tech podcast on uh, any of the podcatchers that you use, you know, Stitcher or iTunes or whatever you're using. Um, otherwise, we're at uh, bloggingconcentrated.com all the time. Great, man. This has been filled with actionable content. Appreciate it so much. Thanks for joining me on Bidzy's Small Business Society, Dan. You take care. Thanks, man. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to Bidzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at Bidzy.com. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. Go to Bidzy.com for information and resources on how you can grow your business. Support Bidzy Small Business Society by writing a review and giving us a five-star rating in iTunes. Your positive review and five-star rating will allow us to continue bringing you free, valuable content from amazing and inspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Rate and review Bidzy Small Business Society today.